Good morning, family. Uh, the kids are uh, standing with us today. Kobe and Carolyn, our youth pastor and our children's pastor, just got married this Friday. Finally. And they are in Hawaii. And uh, I'm going to give a, another quick, quick testimony real quick. Uh, Jesse, can you come on up real quick? I got a text from Jesse um, a few days ago. Uh, great testimony uh, about her son, Yanni. We just love hearing the things that God is doing, not just what God did, but what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Okay, so what happened with uh, Yanni? Um, so, so about a week ago, um, Yanni was... Uh, we were at home, and then he all of a sudden like started screaming and crying that his ear was hurting. Um, and naturally, when you're sick in our house, you go to Christina, because she's a nurse. So, um, and even Yanni knew, just go to Glamma, because she'll take care of everything. And so we went to Christina real quick, and um, of course she has medicine, and she prayed for him. And then um, I thought he had another ear infection, because he's had so many before, um, and ruptured eardrums. So I tried to make an appointment for his doctor. Um, they called in a prescription and we tried to go get it, but the pharmacy kept saying they didn't have it. And then they called me back and said, we can do a follow-up appointment on Monday. Um, so I never got his medication. So we did go to the follow-up appointment on Monday. And, um, when we were sitting with his pediatrician, she looked in his ear and said, um, well, his eardrum's sunken in a little bit, so he probably had an ear infection, um, but he's, his immune system's really good, so it probably just healed itself. Um, I've never heard that before. And Yanni turned to his pediatrician and his doctor and How old said, Yanni? Yanni's four. Okay. Um, and he, very excited, turned to his pediatrician and said, No, when you pray, God heals you. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so his pediatrician did not, like, that was not a. Uh, answer. So she again said, no, you just have a good immune system. And again, <laughs> Yanni said, no, you pray, God heals you. It's simple. <laughs> so, um, we never got the, we did get the call for his prescription after we walked out of the doctor's office, but he didn't need it. So that's yeah. a great testimony. <laughs> Amen. So now we just found out that the age has dropped down to four, so. I didn't communicate with Stephanie uh, that we are not doing the Faith Series 2.0. So that's on me, not her. Um, Every year I get away and pray for you and to hear what God has for us. And uh, my life has been quite busy And so I was not able to get away, but when I saw this year was just a few weeks away and I wasn't clear in my mind about what God wanted, I realized I have to get away. So I got away for a couple of days and the Lord very clearly spoke to me and it was something different than faith 2.0. And I'm going to drop that here in just a moment, the word of the Lord for 2020. But I want to say this, I want to make it really clear. I don't go away to come up with some cute word and come back and impress you with some slogan for the new year. Uh, The first year I caught myself doing that. When I first pioneered the church, I caught myself trying to come up with something slick for the new year, some catchy phrase. I caught myself and I said, Lord, how stupid is that? 
that I would come and put your name on something I made up. I said, God, forgive me for that foolishness. I said, if you want to say something, say something. If you're not going to say something, I'm not going to make something up. And that's the deal we struck. Aren't you glad? But what I found, but the Lord did speak to me and he has spoken to me every year. And one of the things the Lord revealed to me, and some of you I know might think, "Eh, it's just a new year. I mean, it's not like anything's different. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, challenge you to see God in a, uh, from a larger perspective. God is the one who created the earth in seven days and one day cycles for seven days. He created the cycle for us. He's the God of beginnings and endings. It says the evening and the morning were the first day and every day God did something different. He created the weekly cycle. He created the 30 day, 31 day cycle. He created the annual cycle. He says he does things, and when you look through the Bible, you'll see that God does things in three days. He does, uh, Jonah was in the, uh, the belly of the whale for three days. Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days. Hezekiah prayed to be healed, and God said, in three days I will heal you. He does things in 40 days. He does things in 40 years. He does things in 50 years. You see that God is the God of numerology. He's the God of times and seasons and days and years. He does things, he, he bursts new things, and then he ends it, and he bursts new things and ends it. That's part of his nature. So this whole cycle that we live in, of morning and evening and months and years and days, is God. And so he does this to give us fresh starts. And he will speak fresh things into your mind to give us fresh starts. He knows we need them. So... I truly believe that's part of God's nature. And so that's why I get away and I listen to him and ask him, what is it that you have for us in this new year? And this one is in a new decade. So having said that, this is what I believe the Lord said to me. This year, we are going to see his glory. Now, when he said that to me, it was overwhelming to say the least, because that is a really big word. Secondly, I had no idea what that meant. God's glory. It seems to be such a vague concept, such a big concept, such an all-encompassing concept, and it is. And so I began studying it out. I spent a couple days just going through the word. And I want us to discover over this next month, the month of January, what that means. What is God's glory? So that's the journey we're going to take over the next three or four Sundays. But I want to give you a biblical definition of God's glory. We're going to look into it a little bit this morning and begin to open this up. But I want you to believe with me that we are going to see God's glory. I mean, see it with our physical eyes, the manifestation of it. What am I talking about? Well, the biblical definition of glory is this. Weightiness. Heavy. Honor. Splendor. That, in the Greek, it literally means visible splendor. Power. Wealth. Authority. Magnificence. Fame. Dignity. Riches. And excellency. Now, let me say this back to you again, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine every word that I speak coming upon you. 
coming upon your home, your marriage, your family, your business, our city. Because as I was on Coronado Island, which is my God place, I go there when I get away for a prayer retreat, and uh, I was sitting on a bench on the bay side, looking at the skyline of San Diego, and I asked the Lord, what is your word for us? And that's when he spoke to me, this year, San Diego is going to see my glory. <laughs> this is so Amen. Awesome. That is our city, that is the church, capital C, of Jesus Christ in San Diego, that is our church, and that is your life. It goes all the way from the macro all the way down to the incy-beansy micro level, God's glory. So I want you to, to imagine this coming upon you this year, God's weightiness on you, God's heaviness, God's honor, God's splendor, God's power, God's visible Splendor, power, God's wealth, God's authority, God's magnificence, God's fame, God's dignity on you, God's riches, and God's excellency. God boiled down, I want you to catch this, God boiled down the definition of His glory to one word in the Bible. One day Moses was so hungry for more of God, he cried out to God, God, show me your glory. Now you have to understand that Moses, ooh, catch this, Moses had already seen the ten plagues on Egypt. And God used Moses as the facilitator of those miracles. God used Moses. Moses himself went to the leader of the world, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And God used him to speak and say, this is what's going to happen if you don't let my people go. Now this is going to happen. Now this is going to So Moses was the facilitator of the greatest miracles the earth has ever seen. Moses was the one that God said, reach out your staff. And as the Egyptian army is coming at you to completely consume you, and the Red Sea is on the other side of you, if you're, you're trapped, reach out your staff and split the Red Sea. That happened. And Moses was the one that happened through. Moses the one that God said, speak to that rock over there, and I will cause water to come out of it. Moses is the guy that everybody knew is the guy who could get water to come out of a rock. Three million people, God's people, in the desert. Nothing to drink. But that guy over there can speak to rocks and water come out. Oh, and then they didn't have any meat. And so, you know, Moses is the guy that caused Chick-fil-A to fall, fall out of the sky. I mean, <laughs> this guy is the guy you want to be hanging out with. When you're hungry, hang out with Moses. He can cause the super spicy club Chick-fil-A sandwich to fall out of the sky. This is the guy who's crying out to God, show me your glory.
And what did God say in response to him? I will show you my goodness. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? God is good through and through every decision he makes, every act of judgment, every act of blessing, every decision he makes, everything he does, whether we understand it or not, is purely good. Now, here's the thing I want to say to you as we embark on this journey together. I want to ask you to make the number one goal of this year in your life to draw closer to God, to know Him better. Make your relationship and intimacy with God the number one goal of your life this year. Let me, let me tell you why I'm saying that. We think that if we are healed physically, if we get that promotion, if we get, have the wealth, if we have that relationship we think is going to fulfill all of our needs, if we get that job that we are wanting, if you get that new thing you wanted, that new car, the new house, whatever it is, we truly think these things are going to satisfy. But look what we just read. This man experienced things in the natural, miracles, none of us will ever come close to splitting the Red Sea, calling meat to fall out of the sky, speaking to a rock and water comes out of it. Calling ten plagues upon a nation. Meeting God up on a mountain for 40 days and coming down. And he, his face was glowing so brightly that the people couldn't even look at Moses. So they had to put a veil over his face because the glory of God was shining off his face. This is the man who wasn't satisfied. Because the external blessings in our lives will never satisfy the deepest longing of our soul. And that is intimacy with our God. He created us for relationship. He created us for friendship. That's why no achievement, no success, no trophy, no relationship, no wealth, no miracle will deeply satisfy the core of your being. Because that place is reserved for friendship with God. So I challenge you this year to make knowing God intimately your number one goal. If you don't, you won't be satisfied. And guess what? Neither will he. He's not satisfied without a relationship with you. Parents, are you satisfied without a relationship with your kids? Think about how grievous it is for a mom or a dad not to have a loving relationship with their sons or daughters. It's the thing I hear the most from moms and dads. Will you pray for my son? Will you pray for my daughter? Our relationship's not right. Their relationship with the Lord's not right. We carry this burden as parents with us all day long, every day, until those relationships are right. God's put that in us because that's who he is. He's our dad. He's our father. He'll give you all the stuff, but it really wants is you. So next week, when we start this 21-day fast, I want to ask you to make the primary purpose of your fast to draw near to God. The Bible promises, he says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And let me tell you a secret. Don't do it because of this. 
But let me tell you a secret. If you will make drawing near to God and knowing Him intimately your number one goal, He will add all that other stuff to you. Do you know the Scripture actually says that? Jesus said, what did He say? What did He say? Seek what? First. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of our Father and His righteousness, His rightness, His way of doing things, His value system. Seek first God and His kingdom. And then what does He say? All these things everybody in the world is seeking after, Jesus said. God will add them to you. Now, I'm going to give you an example of this. She doesn't know I'm going to do this, but this this week I got a text from Adrena. And, you know, you could hear her screaming through the text, you know. <laughs> right? I could hear that coming through the text. She sent me this picture. Look at this picture that she sent. This was 20, the beginning of 2019. And she just found it. And she screamed, I'm sure, right? The, I'm, what she was, I'm sure what she was sending was right in the middle, our home. Four bedrooms, I'm going to, in case you can't see it, uh, safe neighborhood, great schools, friendly neighbors, great backyard, thriving home. By the way, that's in Ramona. <laughs> Another Ramonaite. And they just bought their new home just, what, two months ago? Yeah. So that, at the beginning of last year, that was... One of her goals, and it came to pass, which is a great testimony. But you know what my eye caught? The first thing on her list. Pray for our church and the leadership. You see, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is what Jesus is all about. The church is his bride. The church, he says, is what he's coming back for. The church, he says, is what he is building. And so... I don't know if you caught that or not, but I caught that. Because that is what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God, and I will add all this other stuff to you. And there it is. Right at the top. Pray for our church, the church of Jesus, and the leadership. And here's what God said to me years ago. And again, you you didn't know I was going to say all this about this, but I see this. The Lord told me, he said, you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. In fact, there's a, there's a book, uh, Haggai in the Bible, that the prophet is prophesying, and God is saying this, you are taking care of your house, making sure it's all paneled and making sure it's all decorated nice, and you leave my house in ruins. That's why when you put money in your pocket, I put a hole in your pocket, and the money just falls out. He's trying to get their attention, to get their priorities straight. God doesn't want us to miss out on a divine purpose of life. Your divine purpose in life, whether you realize it or know it or not, and I'm going to drop this word right here, and I hope you hear it. God created you to glorify Him. Your life should shine so brightly with the glory of God, the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord through your intimacy and friendship with Him, The blessings of God. 
that should shine so brightly that when people look at your life, they look up and say, wow. Only God could do that. Now, you might think that's extreme or that's over-preaching or that's ridiculous. No, that's exactly the way it's set up. In fact, we're going to look at a passage here where God literally says this, that God wants to glorify you so you can glorify Him. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, 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 no, I don't want God to glorify me. Well, I totally get that. It's a little uncomfortable to hear that kind of language. But God actually says that, that He will glorify His people that means he pours out his goodness on us so that we shine like lights. So that we then glorify him as he glorifies us. And as we glorify him, then he glorifies us. When he glorifies us, we're glorifying him. Here's the problem when God gives you talents and wealth and position and power and authority and ability. That's his glory on your life. When you take credit for it. When you receive the glory from others, and this is what happens when God gives talent to people, especially like in the church, especially entertainers, singers, musicians, artists, uh, people that are in the, the uh, art industry and the entertainment industry, and they become famous or people in business and God promotes them and makes them wealthy. And then they receive, they, they drink in all the glory and they take all the attention and it's all me, 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 me. What happens with that, and we see this so often over and over and over, is they end up drug addicted, they end up empty, they end up in multiple, multiple affairs, they end up in, in uh, well, you, 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 just, you see the news, right? How many times you see these famous people fall one after the other because God gave them glory and they drank it in for themselves. And they're not happy. And this is the bottom line. This is the end result. If you and I live for God's glory, as He glorifies us, and we want to glorify Him by being the best at whatever we do, but we turn the lights back on God, what happens is there is a deep pleasure you feel in your soul from the Father. And you realize, my whole life is to shine light on God. So you take the attention off yourself, you put it on God. And now you are fulfilling the reason that you were created which is to glorify God. So next week when we start this fast, even if you set one meal aside every day for 21 days and take that meal, take that time, whether you're at work, go out to your car in the parking lot, or if you're at school, go off by yourself somewhere, or in the morning, or in the evening, take a meal, and your Bible, or just your prayer, and you go and be alone with the Lord and say, this is our time. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, it will change your life. It will also change your relationship with the Lord. You'll find your joy level spiking. You'll find your peace going deeper. You're going to find yourself hearing the voice of God. That intimacy with God is the source of every other thing in your life. And if you don't get that right, you're going to come up, even if you have external things, you're going to come up unhappy. Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied this day. In Isaiah chapter 60, the prophet saw the day when the glory of God was going to be unleashed on his people. And that day is today. And I want us to read what he saw. Look at this, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. 
Arise, shine. Everybody read this verse out loud with me. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Watch this. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. When the glory of God rests upon you, you can see it. People can actually see God's glory on you. The definition of darkness in the Bible is confusion, a lack of love, immorality, sexual immorality, violence and hatred, worldly philosophies that lack God's wisdom, social norms that offend God's holiness and nature. In other words, here's God and the way God designed us and God's glory and God's presence and God's value system, health and wholeness and purpose and peace and joy right here. And this right here is the revelation of all of that. That's what this is. It's a love letter from God. This is how we live holy and healthy. The word of God, the words of our father. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, by external things in our lives. He lives by every word proceeding from the mouth of God. Whenever we depart from this word right here, this book, and we move a little bit this way, we've just taken a step from light into darkness. And the farther we move away from the principles of God and the purpose of God, we end up more in darkness. The farther away our society moves away from that old book, that old tradition, organized religion, those Jesus freaks, that outdated 2,000-year-old book. You know, it is 2020 now. Everybody's doing it. I mean, that's just that old traditional stuff. You have to understand things are different now. We are in the light. We have been enlightened. What the world calls light, God calls darkness. And the further away from God we get, the more confused, the more unsatisfied, the more we search, the more we don't have answers. That's why repentance is so great, man. You can be all the way over here. And in one second, you can say, what the heck am I doing over here? And you can come back, you call upon the Lord, and you draw near to God, and God draws near you. You can, whoop, you can be right back here literally that fast. Because your Father in heaven is waiting for His children to come home. That's why I suck on this word, man, like, like a pacifier. I do, man. It's my baba. Man, I drink this thing, I eat this thing, I sleep with this thing. I do. I, I put it in bed next to me. I just sleep next to it. I wake up, I read it, I memorize it. I love this book. I remember one time I saw this book and my heart leapt. Huh. This book is alive. It's spiritual food. Nothing can satisfy your soul like the words that come from this word filled by the Holy Spirit. God will glorify you so you can glorify Him. Look what Jesus said about this. 
John 17, 1. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, meaning the resurrection, so that he can give glory back to you. You see, this, this happens when you are, say, in a classroom, and mo- the majority of the class, your classmates and the teacher are teaching something, and everybody's believing it, but you know that it's contrary to God, contrary to God's value system. In that moment, not that you have to jump on your desk and start using Elizabethan English, thou thus saith the Lord God Almighty, I'm not talking about that silliness. Or standing up and saying everybody's damned. That won't go over well either. It is when you're in that situation and you have an opportunity or you're called upon or you're challenged. Or at work in the workplace and people are thinking that certain things are okay. It's the social norms and you look like you're the odd one. That is the moment where you stand for what God stands for. And that is when the glory of God comes upon you strengthens you and your light shines some will come to the light and they will find God through you others be repelled from the light but you will be the light of God in that classroom or in that home or in that neighborhood or in that workplace you become one of those lights those spotlights you know when you need to find the grocery store right or someplace you don't you know you're looking for the concert venue whatever it is and they have those lights on the ground that are going like this And you see them crossing in the sky. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, that's you. You and I are to shine with the goodness and the glory of God in our lives. As you are that light shining like this in the darkness, people come to the light because when they finally find the light that's shining like this, they find what they're looking for, the location. And God is the location. And you are the spotlight. Shining on God. Let me read this verse to you. Philippians chapter 2. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining. The opposite of that is gratitude. So do everything with gratitude. And arguing. The opposite of that is peace. So that no one can criticize you. Nobody can point at you and say, Ah, you call yourself a Christian, but look at the way you're living. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Why? So that they can find God. This is all going to be over one day, folks. It's all going to be over. Boom. The curtain's going to drop and it's done. And then there's heaven or hell. And it's your light, your life, that is going to lead people to Christ. And you will see them in heaven because you chose to live for God. And your light is going to shine brightly. Isaiah 60 has, read the whole chapter. Read Isaiah chapter 60. That whole chapter 
has a boatload of blessings in it. It talks about everything you could imagine that we want to see in the earth. But one of the things it says is that God is going to glorify his house of glory. You and I are called God's house of glory. He says he's going to glorify his house of glory. This is what he promises us. As we walk with God, he says, I will take you from glory to glory. God never takes you backwards. He says, I'm going to take you from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. As you walk with God, you get brighter and brighter. The Bible says that the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day, until Christ comes back. In Isaiah 60, this incredible verse, he says, I will, I will, I will have show glory wherever my feet go. God's feet. He walks among us. He walks in our homes. He walks in our relationships. Okay, so this is the last thing I want to say about God's glory today. You say, do I have a part to play in it? Just because God spoke it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but it's not. God did not set this thing up to do it alone. God gives us prophetic words so that we can partner with him to see it come to pass. He told Elijah after three and a half years of drought, I'm going to cause it to rain on the earth. What did Elijah do? He got down and prayed. And then he told his servant, go look and see if it's starting to rain yet. No? Okay, he kept praying. Is it raining yet? No. Okay, he kept praying. Is it raining yet? No. kept praying. Seven times he said, go look, go look, go look, until he saw the glory of God. So he had a part to play in it. Jesus, the le- ten lepers came to him. He prayed for him, them. Nothing in the natural changed. He said, go to the priest and show them how good God's been to you. Nothing had changed. But as they went, as they obeyed, they were healed. When God speaks a prophetic word, he looks for our partnership. What did he say to Mary or Martha when their son Lazarus died? Uh, The brother. Their brother was sick. Jesus waited until he died. Then he came into the town and Martha said, if you would have come earlier, Jesus, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said this to her. Did I not tell you, and this is our word, and this is what I'm going to close with. Because this is the one thing we're going to walk away with today. The one thing we're going to do. He said this. Did I not tell you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And what was the glory of God in that situation? What did he do? He rose her brother from the dead. Her level of faith was that her brother would be healed of sickness. Jesus has something much bigger in store. Jesus has something much bigger in store for us this year, family. Bigger than what we saw last year. Maybe bigger than what we've ever seen before. When the Lord says, this year you are going to see my glory. (laughs) That's not small potatoes, man. That's going to be some big stuff. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in your lives or our church or this city. But it is going to be big and it's going to be good. And it starts today. It starts today. 
Amen? Amen. All right. Come on. Let's, let's all stand. What I want us to do this morning is this. I want us to receive this word. Because if you think that I was just pontificating this morning, then you're not going to mix your faith with the prophetic word and you're going to miss out. One year the Lord said to me, John, your harvest has come, but you're going to miss it because of your unbelief. I want to, listen to this. John, your harvest has come, but you're going to miss it because of your unbelief. It shocked me. So I got into the Word of God and I started using the Word of God like Ajax on unbelief. Unbelief is, you wake up with unbelief and fear. It's just ready to join you throughout your day. So you've got to take the Word of God and wash your brain and your soul and get the unbelief out of you. This is like Ajax on Greece right here. Right? And I got the corrosion off my cables and I, and I connected with God and what He wanted to do. And by the end of that year... I owned my first home and I was married. And when he spoke that, there wasn't even a girl on the radar. One year, I spoke a prophetic word that God was going to cause dreams to come to pass that have died in people's hearts. I got home from church and hope was gone. She came back and I said, where'd you go? She goes, I was out looking for a house. I said, what? She goes, yeah, I believed what you said this morning. Now that's something. That's something. When the pastor's wife believes that when the husband said, I'm prophesying, that she believes he was prophesying. She heard a voice in the voice. That's what I'm hoping you're hearing today is a voice in my voice. I'm just a donkey bringing a message. I hope you can hear the voice of God saying, this year you are going to see his glory. And I said, well, we don't have any money in the bank and I don't make enough money for us to get a loan. She said, but the Lord said, I won't tell you the whole story, but within 30 days, we owned our first home. She mixed her faith with the prophetic word, and she saw it come to pass in her life. Josh, you say you have a word? Almost exactly that. We had a prophetic word for so many people in the beginning of the year that God was going to, you know, felt like God was going to give us a house. And it was just a prophetic word. We didn't really have any savings for it, and... You know, we're just like, okay, but we've learned over the years that, you know, we're just going to step out and towards this prophetic word, kind of just step towards it in faith. And, you know, one step after another, we bought our first house this year, four months ago in Ramona. So, (laughs) so come on now. That's where God's doing all the big stuff. Come on out. Some of you haven't received that yet. Some of you have gotten a word from the Lord and it hasn't gone to pass. You're discouraged. I'm going to talk to you about that next week. God takes you from glory to glory to sometimes there's a dip in the middle. Don't cast off your faith because then your, your faith holds the reward. All right. Okay, now, the service is going late and it's not my fault. It's Josh's and Gary's. I just want everybody to know that. This is real quick. All right. It doesn't start today. It started January 1. Because January 2 and 3, we shared how God has blessed our business. January 2 and 3, we received enough orders that was probably before four months' business. 
We got that in two days. <laughs> Come on, let's raise our hands to the Lord. And let's say, yes, Lord. Come on, receive his glory. I'm telling you, I'm not, I didn't make this up. That'd be foolish. The Lord spoke and said this year, we're going to see his glory. It's going to be glorious. Say, I believe it, Lord. I believe it. I believe it. Come on, church. Let's believe his word. Tell him, I believe it. I believe it. I'm going to see your glory this year. Now, you've got to say back to him, and my goal this year is to glorify you. My purpose of my life is to glorify you, God. Glorify me so I can glorify you. Come on, be bold. Pray that prayer right now. Say it out loud. Glorify me so I can glorify you. God, glorify our city with your glory. Glorify your church, capital C, Los San Diego, with your glory. Glorify this church. Let your potential for this church come to pass this year. Glorify us, God, so that we may glorify you with your glory, God. 